0: Hello and welcome to our global S&OP community weekly podcast. Brought to you by Ahmed Khalid and Ahmed Al Hamamsi from Middle East. Our global S&OP community podcast mission is to build a global community from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales and finance all over the world, where everyone's voice could be heard and listened. Every week, we host a new episode with great thought leader in the S and OP industry. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could open up the light in the screen of your consciousness and you'll never be the same again. We discuss hot and trending topics with our subject matter experts by asking the right questions that uncover their valuable experience in our show. You can visit our website AHMEDKHALED .co Stay tuned every week with our global S&OP community podcast. Uh, Our thought leaders today or uh
1: exactly ahmad today we are lucky we have uh, great guests with us uh, let's start with uh with radu. Radu, radu of course is the managing director of alcott global uh, and he's global head of supply chain and logistics uh, practice for four years he's a global speaker on latest technologies of supply chain uh, Radu has uh, leaders in supply chain podcasts, one of the top business uh, podcasts all around the world. He's been named in the top three global supply chain influencers, and uh, you can just follow Radu on LinkedIn. He has more 200,000 plus followers of, uh, on, on LinkedIn, and he's always uh, about uh, talking about uh, values in supply chain and in business uh, uh, in general. So we welcome and we're happy to have uh, Radu Palmerio with us uh, Palmeri today in the show.
0: Shapout Rodo thank you so much Hamamsi and our next global thought leader Shireen Musallam Shireen Musallam is the general manager of Symbios Consultancy company Shireen she has a staggering experience in the supply chain she uh, joined the American University in Cairo Cairo as instructor and consultant for quality and six sigma she she is uh, she introduced mainly six sigma certification and training uh, By quality, America to the Egyptian market, especially in cooperation with in the cooperation with um, uh, just the AUC American University in Cairo. Cairo, she delivered many trainings uh, worldwide and led deployment in several countries like uh, UK, UAE, uh, KSA, Morocco, Jordan, and Egypt, and finally Romania. Uh, she consulted many well-known and trained many, many well-known companies worldwide. Uh, companies like Pfizer, Ericsson, Leone Wiring Systems, Miracle Carrier, um, Cadbury, Editor, uh, Americana Group, Etzolat, Olympic Group, uh, and finally, Schneider. Besides being a well-known supply chain, uh, for sure, uh, supply chain keynote speaker in the Middle East. So may I ask you please to welcome with us our global thought leaders for today, Dr. Shreen and Dr. Radu. And before we just welcome them, as usual, let's give them the beautiful applause. <laughs> Hello, Radosh and Shrin.
2: Hello, it's <Roger>. <laughs> so happy today. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you, Shirin, yeah. We try to (laughs) welcome uh, you as much as uh, as possible with some round of applause.
2: (laughs) No, that's really nice. It's really nice. Thank you. Very positive. Thank you you feel like something nice is happening. (laughs) Some positive
1: vibes,
0: yes.
1: (laughs) It's a pleasure
0: hosting you today, uh, Radu and Shireen. And as we spoke, as usual, we have a great values to be driven today. And we have great audience. Before, just if you allow, us before jumping into uh just the core topic. discussion let's can welcome, we welcome audience, yeah. both all as our audience together so we have our friend Felix I think that all the the uh, before audience <laughs> they disappeared I'm not sure there is a technical challenge but Hamamsi, mm-hmm. if you can see Felix can yeah the, I can the see the Felix group.
1: here yeah Felix I think Felix here is saying great discussion we have Yasser Abdelmanam he's saying uh, hi Yes from Egypt. Uh, we have Muhammad Hajazi. Hi everyone. Thank you, Muhammad, for for joining us. I have uh, Mamush Muhammad from Kenya. Also, hi Mamush. Thank you for for joining us. Carla, uh, Carla Wolf from New Jersey. Thank you, Carla, for joining us. We have jocelyn Lee from USA, California. Thank you, jocelyn Thank you. Also from 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 joining for joining us. Thank you, everyone
0: thank you Man,
1: so much also.
0: I, yeah 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 yes. lost some Be- yeah. beautiful people so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so just i think that there is something from my side but hopefully it will come so Delicious. no so thank you guys <laughs> and we are here for you so <laughs> we are here for you so uh just uh, let us let's start uh, uh, our discussion move the wheel today and Start by the first question uh, in our mind. How to. Can you, hear, can you hear me, guys? Yeah, there is a little bit of
1: uh, delay in your, uh, I think, from, from the internet, Hello? but sure, we're, uh, Radu and Shireen, are you with us?
2: yes yep. yes i can hear you but i yeah, yeah. Question So now. I yeah. think yes
1: yeah, yeah. of course as ahmed maybe is uh, having some technical problems today so let's jump to the to the first question how to deal with a chronic problem of course from your both your experience you have years of experience in consultancy so we can hear a lot of stories and a lot of problems for sure you faced through your, uh, your career tell us from your experiences we start with Ladies, let's start with ladies' words. How to deal with a chronic problem, uh, Shireen?
2: Acknowledge you have a problem. As simple as that. (laughs) Basic things that people should admit they have a problem because this is the idea. When you have a challenge, because consultancy, when you try to help people to be better, so first thing, you need people to know that they have a problem and acknowledge they have a problem. So it's not easy, by the way because most of people think we we are doing well, we are doing great. And uh, sometimes they don't see the problems. They suffer from the symptoms, but they get complacent with the problems, okay? (laughs) So to get them to acknowledge there is a chronic problem, uh, admit it, quantify it, see how much money they are losing because of it, what are the opportunities, and then things happen, okay? So Radu, please
1: yeah yeah if you have anything you. to add for this brilliant uh, answer from Shireen, yeah no it's it's spot on and I remember
3: doing a sales training some time back and part of the sales qualification right I mean depending on who which sales training and which sales methodology ultimately they all have whether it's spin or Sandler or God knows right they all have ultimately what's the problem what's the pain and to Shireen's yeah. point helping the client um, quantify that and and put a finger, okay, how much is it costing you? Very simply, right? Is it one million? Is it two million? How long has it been a problem? I mean, these are questions, I mean, for those watching that are from on the, on the consulting side, obviously, it's a question that you need to figure out with the client so that y- you kind of get to a point. Okay, so this is the problem. This is the pain that it is causing you. This is how long it's been going on. Mr. Client, do you want to do something about it or not? because still that 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 point is important and there is a joke uh a kid going to school right let's call him johnny going to school and then the teacher says hey johnny you should do a good deed yeah and then he says okay i'll do a good deed no problem so the second (laughs) day he comes back and the teacher asks him so did you do a good deed johnny it it will make you feel better (laughs) and then he says yes i did and how was it it was very difficult and and did you was puzzled like why was it difficult johnny and he said, well, because I, I helped this old uh, lady cross the street. And I did my yeah. best. You know, I look left, right, da, 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 close the street. Uh, it was very difficult. Like, why? Because she didn't want to cross the street, teacher. <laughs>
1: so
3: ultimately, yes. right? I mean, yes, the pain is there. Yes, but ultimately still, as consultants, we also need to be able to identify, do they actually want to do something about it? Because if they don't, with all the willingness you can't help people that don't want to be helped so I think that's uh, maybe another very common sense but sometimes you know uh, from our desire to do good or to close the sale whatever it might be right we might m- miss the point that yeah maybe you just you know you're, you're okay doing the same as, as you were doing before even if it's painful to you
1: I, definitely I, I totally totally definitely uh, Ahmad yeah go, go
0: ahead yeah yeah 100 because I'm just I tried even to reflect on myself sometimes when the problem just attack us you will see our mind is just wired to find a quick solution okay so we don't spend that time the quality time just to solve this problem in a very preventative way you will see when the problem is just being there people they are just trying to find the solution just to a corrective action but the challenge that we could have i'm um, uh, speaking about a chronic a chronic problem that it could appear uh, every time every time frequently so we don't spend the, the quality time to understand the root cause of this challenge and uh, just to understand all the contributor uh, contributed factors that we can work collaboratively together to just uh, remove it and kill this problem and uh, people they, they accept this most probably you'll see people they accept this correctively as long as I solve it right now I have no problem it will appear again I have no problem but I need to move and especially I'm talking Shereen in in the the, the I would say speaking about manufacturing and also Radu and manufacturing excellence you see that most people that inside especially operations you'll find them that if there is a breakdown inside the machine or something like that they want to solve it quickly and the same breakdown will appear again same breakdown they'll appear again and when you see the total uh, time lost uh, during uh, that time and even the, the losses inside the efficiency or the OEE, you'll find that all of this if we just have a quality time understand the real root cause we can solve this problem and unlock all of the, the i would say constrained capacity and help the business so i'm saying that spend more time on a preventative actions rather than just corrective actions this is my view
1: and i like what you're saying and especially we see that a lot if you're in, under pressure of uh, numbers getting the numbers so uh, the, always the pressure is in the operation side or in the day-to-day the tactical uh, down, down downstairs they are doing the best to, to get the numbers and uh, even sometimes they will cut from the days of, uh, of maintenance. They will be pressured to, to do all that. And the problems will occur uh, every uh, the chronic problem. This is a chronic problem that will happen. Yeah. But because the management, no, we cannot afford to miss a few days to make any maintenance or something. Oh, we will lose the, uh, our monthly targets. No, don't do that. No, no, no. So this, this kind of problems we really face and we've seen through uh, our years of experience in, uh, in, in corporate life. So I echo your uh, what you're yeah.
0: saying. Yeah. Thank you. Can back we come with... back? I think sure, sure, shrink Come. Sure, go but, ahead. But Shireen, by yeah. the
2: way, you have many chronic problems. It's about setting what is, should be done first. Okay. Yes. But if uh, people come to this journey and they start the journey, they will be very happy to put all <laughs> the problems on the table. So they start by resisting, and when the program starts or consultancy service is happening you find everyone has a dream as if you will solve it's like magic everything will be sorted out okay so it's like you have always to sit and mediate and expectations because people mm-hmm. resist but when management buys in and you start the program if it's supply chain if it's manufacturing excellence if it's procure to pay if it's end to end whatever then you face huge number of problems and you become yep. US consultant trying to make them hold on, let's set priorities. What should be done first before? Yes. One? Because they are like it's when it's when it starts in companies when we work and looking at chronic problems. We uh, we have learned from supply chain council and Apex and ASCM when we do it that we get something called disconnects in the supply chain process. Yeah. And this disconnects in average company we get for peer per process. 200 to 300 disconnects wow. and they are chronic by the way mm-hmm. okay so it's interesting how people resist and then it comes like so much you cannot do it all okay
1: yeah yeah of course of course i think it uh, it will take us i think to the next question that we were we were, we were talking about yields how to deal with the very tight time projects and very limited resources uh, Rado, it will take us because the discussion of uh, of, uh, of Shireen here, here took us to the second question. So all this <laughs> suddenly you find you're bombarded with like a lot of uh, requests and a lot of things and you don't know what what you should uh, prioritize and, and how, how do you deal with that from with your clients?
3: Take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it's you know as funny as it sounds, actually deep breathing does help us to clear the mind. Yes, off, but, um, beyond the the very simplistic answer. Um, I think we live in a in a world of parallel. I was let's 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 use an example. I was in the port of Barcelona a few days ago. Well, a few weeks yeah. ago, with one of my friends, and he was telling me. So he's the head of digital, uh, digital uh, processes and automation globally for APM terminals. And he was telling me, like, look, Radu, I we can do so much, right, to your points, like, yeah. you know, to screen points. If I ask my staff in there, they're going to say they automate the the gain, gate of the entries because then you can get more trucks and more containers off and then automate this and then put in robots and then this. But if I'm to do this, I have to shut down the whole port. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. to shut down the, the, the port that is obviously, I mean, it's a very costly operation and I have to keep it shut for three months. I mean, this is not not possible in any way, shape or form. I'm going to get killed by my management. Right. Yes. So this is, you know, very practical example. And then he said, look, what I do guys I ask him. So how do you do it? I take it for chunks, right? So I say, OK, this part of the port, right? Let's segment it one tenth of it. Let's do yeah. project A. Let's see, right? First, if it works, if it doesn't work. Now, obviously, him being global, if it works, then it scales up not only in that particular port, but it can do uh, it, it would be scaled to other ports of the world as well. So number one, I would say, Prioritize. Yeah. Again, very. I, I don't think it's rocket science, right? But yes. it, it has to have an order of, of priority, and it's also ideally that you identify that the piece with the the, the highest level of impact in the shortest amount of time, right? So it's yeah. you know you can always do a ton of things, but some will have a lot more impact than others. So I think that's that's another aspect to master. We have to. And thirdly, I mean, managing these expectations that only some things will be uh, will be able to be done. But as long as you focus on those one or two things that will make the most of impact, most return on investment, the management will like it because they will always look at the return on investment. If yeah. they like it, they will give you more rope and more scope to do more things in the future, which most likely will be helpful and beneficial. And then, of course, the operations teams and the on the ground staff, we like it because their day-to-day buy rights should be improved. So th- these are just some, uh, I would say, basic things that come to my mind in answer to that question.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, that's, that's a great one, uh, Radu. Uh, what do you think about this, uh, Shirin? You have a few points to add from your experience and uh, about managing this uh, tight-time projects and all that. If you have some examples from, from your experience, you can share with us.
2: It's always tight time and you always don't have resources. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. Come on. It's Management. never easy, huh?
2: <laughs> Management always want more and more. Okay.
1: Yeah. And
2: um, they are in rush. And what you should look at and be very uh, smart in is time to value. That's what I have learned all the time. Yes. In old times, when I learned from my colleagues in South Africa and in Japan, when we started the journey of 20Ks and lean and improvement, they taught us two times. It's time to detect a problem and time to correct the problem. Okay. But how long? So it, people wanted to be faster. Okay. Yeah. Time to detect a problem. They wanted to be faster. So now at what is happening that you want to accelerate time to value management hate, strategies big things big change <laughs> a five years plan we will be the best <laughs> of the best no 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 they just you switch them off the minute you ah. talk about it. okay so you need to engineer your way of change management one a four plan what will happen milestones and if they buy it things will happen okay yeah. so you need to think in a way that's smart give them a value time to value yeah. Make use of existing technology. Consultants who come to place and tell people what you're doing is wrong, forget about it. This should be done <laughs> this way and that. No way, mm-hmm. no way. This is old. People yeah. will not wait for you for years to solve their problems. They want things that really are meaningful. Okay, so linking it to KPIs, you are always short in resources and short in time. So you have to play smart as Radu mentioned focus on what should get you return ROI now, and this should be the plantation or the plans for you to work on the future, okay? I, I like the meta, the META slogan for everyone now. I was talking yeah. to our team. Our relationship with our consult- with our clients is infinity because we solve some things and we do another <laughs> thing. After we solve it or not, we do another yeah. thing. Yeah. Exactly as, as Dr. Radu mentioned, when you get value, you have really value in. And by the way, teaching people and playing on people's hearts and feelings and morale, I see in some companies, people stay late with us as consultants, or some people work in weekends. I meet operators in factories whom I never met before, and they give me videos and tell me, come, Shirin, see my factory. Some people, logistics, warehouse, I never met them. I don't even work with them. I just go there as a senior consultant and this is the power of people some most of the time we underestimate power of people in the organizations okay
0: definitely so a smart
2: consultant can make use of the existing capabilities of people and teach them okay please
0: definitely no what I will do sorry just for the technical glitch that I have but for Radu I listened to you and I listened to so what I will do right now I will give you just one compo thing Okay, so (laughs) thank you so much. Thank you. So, uh, just to not lose our audience, if you allow me, I will jump into our audience and send for them some greetings. So, as usual, we have some challenges in the technical uh, LinkedIn user. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for LinkedIn user. (laughs) Thank you. We have uh, our friend Ligia. Hi, greetings to everyone. Interesting topic for today. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Our friend uh, Grant, uh, Grant, Shereen is Supply Chain rea- Reality. Thank you so much, oh, Grant. Thank you. That's, Our great that's, friend. Yes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Our friend Lotfi, hello, everyone. Thank you hi, so Lotfi. much. You again for again. joining us. Our friend uh, Yasser Abdulmanam, a good discussion. Thank you, thank, you. thank you so much. Our friend Nisreen, hi there. Hi, nice Nisreen. to meet you. Thank, thank you for, so much. Thank you. Thank you for thank joining you again us. Again. Yes, our friend uh, Patrick, uh, uh, just hello Kenya. from Agama, Kenya. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, lastly, and we'll jump into the next. Our friend Carla, it's a true people think symptoms, so I think that she was uh, she's talking about the old discussion that we have about the problem. problem. Yeah. So uh, let me just tell, uh, speak with our audience. Feel free to ask whatever question into your mind to our lovely global thought leaders, Shereen and Dr. Radu today. So the, let's move a little bit into the, the next question, which is, I think one of the challenges that we have, it's managing the expectations for our clients. At the beginning, especially when you go for a consultancy or when you have a problem. So uh, how to manage expectations with a projects and especially partner and especially the customers themselves from the beginning, when you have some projects uh, at the beginning, how do you set the expectations to not be frustrated, whether yourself or the customer or any partner inside uh, your organization? Happy to so feel take, feel yeah. free,
3: Happy, sure. Take this one because I, it feels close to home. I'm in the middle of re this, so maybe maybe let me first admit that personally I'm not the best at setting frames, so I need to rely on my team because when it comes to setting contracts now when I mm. say contracts it's not necessarily the written contract but more like okay this is the agreement and this is the time frame I tend to be a, a big picture person and then that sometimes can end up in tears so back to your contracting piece and how do you make sure that the expectations are aligned Well, firstly, they need to be very clearly communicated. So my mistake with one or two of the clients sometimes is that you kind of, I thought that I know what, you know, I, I, what they want or what they they needed. And I think I I got that part quite well. But, you know, when you jump into it and you don't take the time to say, but by when, what exactly is the deliverable, I mean, very basic stuff, right? Mm -hmm. sometimes, I mean, I'm talking now specifically about an executive search project in in the realm of recruitment right it's not it's not necessarily management consulting but it's mm-hmm. in the realm of finding a senior executive then of course you end up in, in in situations where they then call you after one week and say hey how come you didn't deliver i'm like wait i mean i didn't say i'm going <laughs> to deliver it a week yeah. so i would say that what i have learned over time is one this, this needs to be very clearly into the detailed and to the dot as much as possible yeah. because sometimes you also start with something and then this scope creep, right? We all know about scope creep or yeah. explosion of. Uh, what well, Shirin mentioned, right? That yes. know, all of a sudden you open the hood and you look a little bit inside, and you're like, holy moly there's a lot of uh, skeletons in the closet, right? So it's like, okay, Mr. Client, now you you know you're paying this. Now you don't expect me to fix <laughs> everything to you. And so uh, um, so I think this is a this is a continuing continuous fine tuning. I have learned to rely on the detail oriented people in my team to come up with the frameworks and and align, but the fundamental value that I hold dear is from the beginning upfront communication and that value of very direct and open communication with the client that we try to have and say, look, uh, are you okay? I mean, of course, asking for permission always, but in a very, again, basic way, are you okay for us to, to tell you immediately as we have a problem that we fine tune and realign? Because this will always happen. And usually it works, but again, the devil is in the details. And of course, if you have a, you know, if you have a scope creep or a scope reduction that is uh, all of a sudden, I've had a friend of mine, not me, but I've had a friend of mine where there was a multi dollar contract and the payment terms was six months and then they were delayed another six months. I mean, that can bankrupt your business. Wow. So it's I don't know you know I I look forward to hearing from sure she probably has some good examples but I think uh, yeah it's a tricky yeah. one it needs a lot of care by detailed oriented people not by people like me who you know who sometimes go too high um
2: basically for us we always play on saving ROI no. there is a clear no. KPI for us because it's a commitment from our companies that every dollar we get we should deliver two to three to four dollars in return as many okay so um we have scope creep as you mentioned okay
3: yeah
2: uh for my team i always give cons- clients many things more than we agreed, okay because i personally believe we are selling effort time and mandates to our customer so whenever you yeah. are there you see different problems so yes. it's good if you can spot something and give them that in return, okay? But it's yeah. very important, which I learned over the years, as Dr. Rado mentioned, you need to have a clear technical offer and deliverables. Walk it with your customer, okay? Agree on it that this is what will be delivered. The problem is always in estimation because we as consultants tend to think bigger and sometimes we want the company to do things more than what they can actually do. They don't have the muscles to do it or yeah. they don't have the time. So you want to improve forecasting error. Baseline yeah. forecasting accuracy is 50%. Yeah. So some people say let's make it 80%. You cannot make it 80%, okay? Yeah. So we yeah. at Symbius, we have history of KPIs and um, and measures industries have, maybe. Right?
1: Yeah
2: yes so we refer to it so and we relate everything to system like if you improve your supply chain score by this percent because we learned that we should have something and make something intangible to be tangible meaning what we have supply chain assessment maturity seven stages and it's a score out of 100 we work it over the years so Mm. we do baseline and we get them a score out like you are 30 percent out of 100 Okay. Yeah. Don't tell me I want to be Amazon
0: or yeah. I want to be like Zara. Yeah. You will not.
2: It takes <laughs> yes. you years. And yes. here is the supply chain maturity level. So we cut, as for chronic problems, you slice and dice, which means you That's cut nice, yeah. and you mm-hmm. deal with it. So you cut supply chain into supply chains, you assess the maturity, you have a baseline score and KPIs, and you work it with them. And you have to be very sure that you don't overpromise. I always tell my people if I promise Mm -hmm. a customer I will save you five million dollars and we saved four point five, he will keep Mm. crying and angry about the (laughs) I didn't need the five. But if since day one I tell him I'll save you one million and I save him actually three, he's super happy. Okay. Yes. So it's always about the ROI, it's about the KPIs. You have to be sure that you you have a clear baseline for the company. We are suffering currently with one of the companies in a procure to pay process. They de- they don't have baseline, and yeah. everyone wants improvement. And the CEO came and said, everyone is happy, but I want to see what is going on. Where are the measures? So we gave him a report. Baseline not measured, not measured, not measured. Now measured, and here is what you have. So it's not easy. It's not easy. But I you think, have to be careful. Yeah. If you are giving, you don't overpromise. It's a problem. Everyone likes to overpromise, and practicality in real life. It's not about the quality of the solution. It's about the quality of implementation of the solution. Mm-hmm. So what, that's what makes you. One you six. have to be very careful when you promise. Okay
1: well said yeah shireen especially and uh, as we said that depends on the company culture and depends on the company management that you are dealing with and uh, if they don't have history as you said and they don't have measurements they never measured their their work or something it's, it becomes more difficult to for them to acknowledge that you did something or you did some improvement in the in the in work. so i like what you said uh, ahmad uh, you need to add anything radu I, uh, I, I definitely
0: I think that I cannot add anything after yeah. Shereem and Radu said yes. and just to summarize it, it's it's all about as Radu said it's all about deliverables so yeah. when you are clear about the deliverables from the beginning before setting any expectations or anything documenting everything with a clear timelines about it which will not stress you or just stretch you at at this point so you should have a timeline for the project or the just the the challenge that you'd have agreed with the timeline measuring the performance always following up on the on on it definitely i believe that allocating the right resources and the following up with the right uh, right manner and the right uh, scope itself Uh, and as uh uh, said it's over promising itself it makes us frustrated so uh, I would rather I would rather just to be neutral see I know what I'm capable of doing it just put little bit tolerance around it up or down and maneuver o- over it but just don't overpromise if you have a big fish I would say if you have a big fish don't overpromise just to have this account and so that maybe it will be devastating and it will ruin all what you have done in in your past so just be neutral and set the right expectation from the beginning this is what I can just add Great, great, great! I think
1: also it will take us to the next question, and uh, I think uh, Rado and Shireen, of course, you—all uh, your customers—are they difficult or easy? And do you face like a really difficult customer that's never satisfied, or partners on project that or, or always complaining, or or some people are giving you hard time, or saying that you are not doing your job perfectly, or do it in a different way or they they think that they are the consultants or uh, that, that you want to tell them why did you even invite me to to do consultancy and you they know everything so tell us about some examples too about that <laughs> well, yeah.
2: basically when we work we invest a lot of time in setting the the scope and we mm-hmm. have a rule of three and same yes we have mm-hmm. a rule of three yeah, someone is the client uh, account manager who's handling everything, doing the visits, following up on the measures, and everything. Another one will support the customer who will be supporting the, the main consultant, Great. and the senior one who will be responsible for change management and handling leadership. Okay, because sometimes people don't see things and sometimes they see it but they don't like top management to to see it okay yeah so my first rule with top management is always don't shoot the messenger
1: yeah okay
2: because we agree with top management that we will not shoot people who come Mm. and, and confront and admit that they have problems this is number one okay yeah yeah when we focus on change management we focus on meetings and measures and KPIs yes some people resist and complain of course but when you are doing your uh, your your work, their colleagues will take good care of them. But you will always yeah. have resistance. You will always have it. So you have to keep balance, okay? And it's always good that you have a team working with the customer, not one person, yes. because this team help each other, okay? And you try to raise the bar. So when someone is trying to tell you, we have this, we have it, we have it, okay, come on. It's instead in all days, we used to be offended by these things but now no just come on great show me what you do let me help you to improve it and you should win people okay you as a consultant you are not there to criticize people and tell them what are their problems without solutions yes you are there to help people to be part Mm. of the solution instead of being part of the problem and one of our strategies that when we do the assessment we show them that everyone is wrong Mm -hmm. they are all part of the problem so the whole company needs them to Mm -hmm. work together to improve to a different level so we don't take sides Mm -hmm. we show them by 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 fact the problems we show them the to be or the desired state and the savings and impact Mm -hmm. and we take them with us in the journey But you always will have resistance. It's it's okay.
1: Yes, part of uh, part of life, yes. Raldo, tell us about about, what yeah, yes, you have to accept (laughs) tell us about one of your one of any examples. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll
3: go more provocative on this one because it's just
2: uh, (laughs) (laughs) without mentioning names. uh, Um
3: and also okay, but before I go there, let me let me frame a few things, right? So we are not in in supply chain consulting per se, right? So the project, you know, if you go and sign a two year or one year contract, I mean, it's a lot less possible to do what I'm going to say that we would do in the case of where you have a project that is executive search or, you know, you work on an organizational development project that is a shorter term or training and development, which is a shorter term. Right. So uh, again, depending on the complexity, this may or may not be possible, but I'll give you, I'll, I'll go to the bad client, right, scenario, or the angry client, or the client that always complains and always, and I'll, let's just work on the assumption that the client is not right. <laughs> right, okay, the client is coming up. Now, okay, you own it and you fix it, right? But let's just work on the assumption that sometimes clients are unreasonable. I, I think yeah. it's a fair assumption, yeah, for everybody. We've all come across unreasonable clients, right? So, uh, I, I think we've all been there. So, uh, number one, the client is always right. I don't yes. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Like, <laughs> not, I, I, that's just. A, I don't know who came up with that. Like the client is always right. Why? Some clients are stupid. Like li- literally stupid. Like they're not right. So yeah. I mean, if, if if the client is unreasonable, I don't think you just need to sit there and say yes, Mr. Client. Let me, you know, <laughs> let me see what I can do. You. you need to have an a, an open discussion and say, look, what yes. do you base it on? What are your facts? This is the facts. It doesn't match, right? So I mean, if, if they continue, then okay, we have a significant issue, right? So that's <laughs> yes. when going back to the basics and the initial deliverables. Uh, plays an important part and then then you actually need to go to the black and white sometimes if, if it gets to that unreasonable scenario and say look I mean this is so that's that's one aspect so the client is not yeah. always right and if the client is not right I think it is just a fair and open relationship it's the only way a partnership would work if you tell them I mean that's why they pay yes. us as consultants right to tell them the truth yes including when <laughs> when they're wrong <laughs> now uh, what we what we also have done in the past is, you know, the eighty twenty Pareto, and sometimes it's yeah. you know like eighty percent of your eighty uh, percent of it's your magic. revenue. It's, it's a magic. magical law. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a magical formula. It works most yeah. of the times. It's even yes. even more more so, right? That sometimes <laughs> you have ten percent of your clients give you ninety percent of your revenue. Yeah, and it also applies when you know 10% of your clients give you 90% of the headache. <laughs> so, <laughs> so simple math, right? Identify who yes. is that 10% of your clients, right? Yes, mm-hmm. cut it. Like literally, mm-hmm. we have done that. Like, look, it, mm-hmm. this is this is not going anywhere, it's always yeah. I specific example for yeah. Obviously, we organize summits and events and, and, and that, right? There's one yeah. or two right out of usually you have 20 sponsors or something there's one or two mm, yeah. that always complain everything is wrong like, you know yeah. you, you need to on your head it, something's gonna be wrong. yes like but, but why are you coming like literally yeah. like I, I think and they I complain, complain yeah. every and after a while I just that, you know, like, don't ask them to come anymore like, like yes you
1: know, cut them out yeah. like, we are
3: trained they always complain why should you put yourself in that? So I think, you know, at some point, and again, it's not straightforward and I maybe I'm making it sound too simplistic, but really the pain and the time and the just mental energy to deal with that 10% of client that is just a uh, yes. pain is not worth it. Let it go. And, and it's you know, draining. It's draining. Yeah. And focus on yeah. finding good clients that will not yes. give you headache and yes. that are reasonable. <laughs> so these are some of, you know, The client is not always right. Uh, I would say spirit of open and honest discussion always. And be bold to cut clients that that are giving you and are taking away too much energy and are always unreasonably complaining.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think these are uh, are, are great great points. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you have to end it, but you need to end it in a professional way. Yeah. You cannot just walk away. You have to find an exit way
1: agree 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 of course that uh, of course uh, even if the, the client is uh, sometimes there is problems or something yeah of course if you are going to exit from some kind there is of course there is an exit strategy and how to to close or, or go out of these clients but as Radu's saying sometimes it's draining so much draining energy so yeah maybe next time you I don't know how Radu Radu's experience more in this kind of summits <laughs> and all that. How how do you like exit something uh, like you said? Someone is really giving you hard time. So next time, how you you just don't invite or you just tell them? Uh, yeah, and, and how how, how do you deal with it? Yeah, that,
3: that's why I try to professionally yeah.
1: uh, give a little bit of
3: context because of course yeah. uh, a lot of I mean the the more complex the deal, the I mean you end up in yes. This, in lawsuits and uh, yes my my wife was she was working for a large technology company they rewired uh, the infrastructure of a hospital i mean (laughs) it was a 10 million dollar lawsuit The hospital i mean this kind of stuff you can't just you say look i mean you guys yeah Yeah. so of course when it's that's why i tried to when it's more simplistic i mean for us it's very straightforward if this happens and and what we, we we might do it i mean we we have done we just simply do not I mean we honor their commitment for that particular I mean True. contract and we do not enter another discussion even if they may want to sponsor again we say look thank you very much but look it's not worked out for us in the past or you were not happy obviously let's leave it at that so yeah. um, you know you just don't don't do it again even if the money is good basically because the cost versus return right money is one thing right and and revenue is one thing but uh, hassle <laughs> and yeah. uh, no, it's just usually is not worth it. Two, if you're you can't just exit. I mean, again, I mean, no, absolutely good point, Shireen. You can't just walk away and say, Look, I'm just packing my bags,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> go fly <laughs> 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 kite. Okay. No, you can't yeah. do that. It's, it's not, it's unprofessional. Yes. But all contracts have clauses, right? That stipulate, yeah, based on this. Mm. And, and you know you always we should always I mean as a matter of professional courtesy to yes, ourselves sometimes, not, yes.
2: yes you need to revisit the scope you need to set a meeting what are your expectations you keep changing what you want but you cannot as I said because you have a contract so you need to meet once and two and three times yes you have there are bad customers but honestly sometimes because of misunderstanding and because of a person in the company
1: maybe mm-hmm. this person
2: leaves and the customer comes back to you again
1: yes mm-hmm. yeah I like it that Shireen that you're saying you must keep open doors always with your uh, with your customers sometimes it's personal or sometimes someone is giving bad reputation to to, uh, to a company so just leave the door uh, like not uh, firmly closed uh, sometimes it can bring you back opportunities and then I there's see another thing. yeah just, just yeah, to throw then, it in
3: there and there was yeah. mentioned briefly with you the, the team, but usually in these things and again depending on the organization, how complex and how hierarchical it is, but it's always no matter what actually it's always good to bring a second, right? Whether it's the boss of the person or whether yeah. it's I mean, navigating a little bit the political and power map of the organization, it's always good to bring somebody else or start, yeah. so that, that is less emotional because at some point these things can get, I mean, we like to think yeah, that emotion. we're professional, but at some point we are humans, right? So, yes. more, um, yeah, uh, we, we can emotions can get the better of us. So just diffusing it and the same in our team, right? Maybe somebody else can step in if we're too hung up on it or we can act as that mitigator for somebody else. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Right. But Yes,
2: sometimes sometimes you change the consultant because it it doesn't something is happening politically. It's a good strategy sometimes. Sometimes customers just are are complaining and they they feel like they lose focus on the main service because of some personal issues, as Dr. Rado mentioned, we are human beings. So sometimes it's good to change the consultant because it's a pressure on your consultant to deal with an unhappy customer.
1: Yes, yes, definitely. I like all the comments coming uh, from you guys and, uh, and the answers. And I think we have the, the first question here from one of our uh, great guests, Dr. Lab Singh. Uh, he's saying, with kind of technology dominance in organizations and high rate of obsolescence, do we still need a multitude of control levels? I feel that team-like clusters are enough with more horizontal and less vertically. So what do you think, Radu or Shirin, if you want to take this question about technology obsolescence and uh, do we still need a multitude of control uh, levels in, in organizations with uh, with technology dominating in organizations and some technologies going outdated and all that?
3: Uh... Maybe I'll I'll give it a step first, uh, Charin. So I mean, I think the honest answer is it depends. (laughs) So (laughs) I mean, the the easy answer is yes. It should it should be like that. And I mean, it's uh, my gut reaction is to say, look, we. I mean, I'm all for less control and more, you know, more empowerment to the teams and and less less levels. And I think uh, most teams are kind of going into that. That uh, and most organizations are trying but yeah. again look we did a program for a company called vopec, yeah. vopec is the largest uh they they own this uh, liquid uh, gas and well it's more like chemical storage they do chemical yeah. storage they're the largest yeah. in the world they store oil and so on Okay. Now a mistake, <laughs> and the, the CEO actually gave us an example, right? So we were supposed to do a values, uh, value, uh, training, and they were trying to aim for disciplined entrepreneurship. So maybe to yeah. the point of the question, right? Disciplined entrepreneurship to me it sounded stupid. Like, I mean, what do you mean? Mm. You can't be an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? So we had before we had to conduct the workshop we were puzzled right myself my <laughs> the main trainer and we asked the CEO what do you mean like you know how do you want to teach this or to 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 share this with people and he said look let me give you an example in our world and this mistake actually happened because somebody you know somebody pulled the um, i don't know this anyways whatever you call that thing the valve right and yeah. the <laughs> tank one of this with the the wrong actually it wasn't clean so the mistake was made yeah. was that it wasn't cleaned and then he put the oil on top of another chemical and basically oh. spilled. i mean it, it was it was mm-hmm. ruined it was a seven million dollar mistake
1: mm-hmm.
3: his point was oh. look we are all for making mistakes but you know i wouldn't want that all my operators start <laughs> playing with the valves right because yes. it's very costly mistakes so uh, and and there's a there's a lesson in there because we asked him. So did you fire the guy? And and his response was, "What? I just invested seven million dollars in his training. I didn't fire him. I just told him <laughs> to do <more. laughs> So I thought that was a brilliant, brilliant lesson in management, actually. Yes. Uh, but that, that that aside, so back to the, the the point and the question, right? So that's why I say it depends because yes, yes, in a lot of things, I, I would say is the logical thing to do: give empowerment to the teams, let them make the decisions. And yeah. uh, don't don't go too hierarchical. However, there's t- industries and industries. There's consequences and consequences of actions. And of course, maybe in the case of OPEC, um, there has to be some quality control somewhere in there because otherwise you
1: yeah. can end up making some very serious, uh, very costly mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Shireen, uh, what do you think about that, about the controls and uh, and having, and I think it's a lot also like micromanagement and uh, and all that, and with the changes of some technologies and obsolescence of some other technologies. What do you think of this kind of? Uh, I think uh, mm. conceptually,
2: conceptually, it should be the answer should be yes, conceptually, but in reality, it's the problem comes from management because with these advances in yeah. technology, management don't understand technology. We, we were talking yeah. once about people talking about industry 4.0 and industries yeah. and supply chain 4.0 and everything is happening and they're complaining about their people are not, don't have the right skills and we need to upskill our people and reskill them to, to be mm-hmm. able to work for these companies but my debate is do management themselves understand, understand. what's
1: industry 4.0
2: <laughs> No. so how can you leadership <laughs> go spaceship and you cannot drive a car
1: okay. exactly, exactly. So most
2: of management are old-fashioned they yes. don't spend enough time in learning so they need to be leadership 4.0 to help companies because there was a statistic saying that uh, many leaders in the U.S. say they and this, this is going yeah. forever. So yes, with the technology everything yeah. should be autonomous. It's not because of span of control, it's because the process is smart and it will take good care of itself. The machine is smart. Logistics, smart. Everything, procurement, everything is smart. So um, it, it should be once the process is autonomous and smart.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes, I think you're uh, you're right. Uh, usually, uh, like management, uh, for example, like I always say it in ERPs, for example, and if you have the systems, you you want to advance, and you're not uh, using fully using or utilizing the the ERP in hand, for example, for for any ERP. So you're having, like you said, you're having a Ferrari, and you're like driving. Uh, or, or riding a camel or something like that so uh, first make use of what's what's in hand then try to apply the new technologies and I feel sometimes it's like some kind of fashion or people like hear about these uh, some kind of uh, uh, of things and uh, and and look at big companies applying this so they are trying to follow the trend but still you're not mature enough or your organization is not mature enough, so make use first of, uh, of the technologies that you have in hand, then you can go. It's, it's a journey. You cannot like fly to, to the moon uh, right away. So I totally agree with you, uh, Shireen, of course, and Radhoud's uh, great, uh, great answers to the topic. And thank you, Dr. Lapsing, for sharing this uh, uh, great, great question with, uh, with us so uh, it will take us also to uh, what do you think the skills skills or behaviors do we believe a consultant needs to be successful in the industry is there some kind of ethical considerations also consultant uh, must have and uh, tell us about that from your from your experience uh, we start with radu or shireen whoever wants to go first i I'll let sharing this time <laughs> okay well Go first first
2: skills first skill yeah. you need to learn is flexibility agility Great.
1: yeah
2: willingness to learn because yeah. every company has its own stories its own culture its problems so you yeah. cannot act like one size fits all yes okay? so you need to learn you need to learn about the industry you need to speak their language you need to understand their problems not just give them off-shelf solution, come and have this. It, it will yeah. never work like this. So as a consultant, you need first to be uh, more human because it's yeah. about people, yes. and if people don't buy your solution, forget about it, okay? So yeah. you need to understand, have the right analytical skills because it's all about solving cro- chronic problems. You can not yeah. solve a chronic problem by just a, a quick win, okay? You need to learn all the time and understand what are the best practices for each industry and, of course, supply chain, You talk about manufacturing yeah. excellence, and you develop yourself. And mainly as a consultant, I learned a lot this, I trained myself to fall yeah. in love with the problem, not in love with the solution. Because as okay, Zahra mentioned, you. Yeah. our solution, yeah. yes, I know, I know how to solve your problem. No. Me, as a consultant, I should be agnostic. I don't force them to do this because I'm convinced about it, okay? No, I should fall in love with the problem, not with the solution. Why? Because my solution or our solution when we work with any company, it's not complete unless the team implements it and trims it and makes it refined. We come up with ideas. We help people to think. So as a consultant, We work on five things. First is people, what you should look at people, skills, what's going on, help people to solve the process. So we take people and process together. Because if you bring in the best process in place and no one can implement it, forget about it. It's a nice report, okay? So people process, then management, how we can make management happy by governance. Setting the right KPIs, how we look at the process, how you make it smart and use technology and technology management and change management. So me for any yeah. consultant tells them you have to work on the five: people, process, governance, technology, and change management. That's how you become a successful consultant and never fall in love with the solution. Fall in love with the problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's for mm-hmm. me.
1: Great, great, inspiring. Yes, <laughs> that's great. No <laughs> <laughs> Brilliantly said. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. said, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> maybe maybe I'll tackle the second part. Um, yeah, no. the yeah, the ethics. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, I mean, just as a thought that uh, that that came because we have seen quite a few, and not to name, yeah. but the bigger ones for sure have always been involved in such things. is it's like the banks as well, right? Yeah. When uh, it's almost every year that there's some big bank that is involved in significant money laundering operations yeah. or drug cartel or, you know, because there's somebody down the chain. I mean, it's not necessarily that the whole bank is crooked, but that there's some, you know, there's some people in the bank that did the wrong things, right? Um, same with consulting companies, because when you work on such a plethora of, especially the big ones, right? And you work on such a plethora of clients, you're yeah. bound to get some, shady let's call it shady right whether there's been work with governments whether there's been work with pharmaceuticals or tobacco or you know there's a there's a a number of such cases so i think uh just the ethical consideration is you know like i mean very basic like is this the right thing to do like do you really want you know would you be proud to tell your kids that you helped an arms manufacturer, increased productivity. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, I mean, okay, I mean, again, um, everybody has a purpose in this this world, but I'm saying that, one, it's never been more important, well, it's never been easier for people to see through as well as find out information as well as for these kind of things to come to come to the public eye. Secondly, yes. such reputational damage can basically ruin the work. I mean, life work of building. I mean, you can I think Warren Buffett said that, right? Did you work your mm-hmm. life to build a reputation and you can ruin it in a few seconds? So yes, I would just want to bring the perspective that and, and look, we've also seen Glasgow. There's been some steps forward there. But then in the space of sustainability per se, there's so much greenwashing going on where everybody wants to brag they're doing a lot when in actual fact it's fairly little right so all I'm saying is from this angle and just on the topic of ethics let's keep things real let's you know really try to do the good thing I mean I like the credo of Google right don't do evil right so I think that's something (laughs) to that extent right I mean I, I do hope they're still holding to that but I think as consultants we should always and who we we should always work on projects that we can be proud of and we can tell our kids look i am proud to tell you that i worked and helped this particular company do better. yeah you can't say
1: that maybe don't do it <laughs> i think i think you're right and it's part of, uh, of your job also as a consultant to do do to due diligence of who you are dealing with who is your uh, client and that's part you, you you accept or you don't accept based on their uh, reputation of the market and and as you said it's about authenticity about transparency anything now you can do it's uh, it's you can ruin your reputation in, in seconds as you said and you build a lot of uh, trust or you build a company for years and suddenly it can be ruined for for something that is. Uh, that, that, that wrong, something wrong, or you did something wrong. And uh, like you said, uh, I love the slogan of, uh, of, of Google also. So guys, it's uh, we're, we're crossing an hour. And of course, we can go hours and hours in this amazing uh, panel with us, uh, and uh, years and years of experience between Rado and, uh, and Shireen and consultancy. And uh, thank you, of course, to all our audience. Uh, of course, great, great comments from Carla, and of course we we apologize a little bit for our audience. We had some difficulties uh, today, technical difficulties from for our co-host Ahmed, but uh, we covered the questions we got from Dr. Lab and Carla. Thank you so much for your a lot of uh, Carla Wolf, a lot of great uh, comments. So it's one of the comments she's saying, in love with the problem. Precisely what I do with all my emotions. The fast track to emotional intelligence so thank you carla for this uh, nice uh, comment and uh, thank you for everyone who joined us uh, ahmed uh, i think now Th- the, yeah thank
0: yeah, you, you. if you can hear me guys words. i hope yes i hope that yeah, you can yeah. hear. <laughs> yes. i cannot see you <laughs> till now but i can hear you so we are now <laughs> not a broadcasting but it's broadcasting so let yeah. me firstly just uh, uh, just excuse me for the technical glitch that i had today but definitely I tried to listen on LinkedIn, not uh in that stream itself about this what's is uh, I like to say
1: Ahmed. this is part of uh, of course of uh, and we all did podcast I think uh, Shireen also did a lot of uh, live events and all that so this is part of life now uh, living in this uh, uh, COVID era it's part of life that you get glitches and get uh, get uh, get bad uh, customers or bad uh, communication issues like Radu was, was saying so I think uh, uh, but, we but managed
2: a very very good you manage your risk very well because you both have prepared yeah. well and you for each other. So this is an amazing example <laughs> of mitigating risk. Yes,
1: yes. Thank you, thank you. To, to I risk. love it. Thank you
0: so much. Thank so much. Thank you. Thank you. so, so much. It's it's a pleasure hosting you, and uh, we would like to thank you for your valuable insights. Literally, we uh, I'm, I'm, I listened too many uh, about what you're saying. I think it's it's changing many things in my mind and my life i do believe also the same for our audience so again we would like to thank you for your valuable time amazing insights and for being in our show and hopefully that we can have another uh, episode that we can reveal more and more about your experience so thank you again and i do apologize for the technical glitch that i have today Mm -hmm. hopefully that we can have another episode today thank you so much thank you thank you rado thank, thank you shereen thank, thank you to our audience thank you, thank you, Radu. Thank, you. Thank, you Shireen. thank you thank you thank you for listening to our global s and op community podcast we hope that you have absorbed some values from this episode don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every week with the new episode you can visit our website ahmedkhaled.co or ahmed khaled.co. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could transform your life. Stay tuned next week with a great thought leader in S and Have a wonderful week ahead.